Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, January 28th, 2019. No theme today. I couldn't figure out how to work the sermon review with the first hour. So, first hour kind of goes together. Second hour is its own thing. Hope you don't mind. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there. And we take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles, and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's put forward for consumption by the average evangelicals, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. In fact, there's just a whole lot of deceiving going on out there. All right, so like I said at the opening of the program, no theme today. A little bummed about that. (laughs) A little bummed. So uh, what we will be doing is the first hour kind of works as a unit. Second hour is just its own thing is the best way I can put it. So uh, let's talk about what we're going to do in this installment of Fighting for the Faith. What we're going to do is we're going to begin uh, with a Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to check in with Amanda Wells. Amanda Wells is back on the scene. This is a lady who uh, she was removed from leadership with cause at Glory City Church in uh, Brisbane, Australia, and she's decided to come out of hiding and uh, and do stuff. So she's been putting on webinars on the Internet, and she's going to be speaking uh, at an event on the 20th of February, a prophetic business thing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to listen to her conversation, I think it was with Wesley Leak, uh, regarding this upcoming uh, prophetic business thing that they're going to be doing 
and uh, and so that'll be our first segment. So, second segment, probably be able to get this in before the uh, the the middle of the hour. It, we're going to head to uh, the uh, Toronto Airport Church as we listen to Carol Arnott and and kind of Heidi Baker. I don't think Heidi Baker will actually say anything lucid, uh, but. Uh, talk about well their encounters with the holy spirit while they're manifesting uh, the holy spirit will compare what they are doing uh, and saying to the actual word of god as it relates to uh, the manifestations of the spirit and what they are for and what they are what we should expect them to look like and and then just do the comparing and contrasting there and uh, and then we'll take a break uh, and then when we come back we're going to be doing a full blown uh, Christ alignment, Christian tarot cards, and uh, fortune telling update. We we did an update on Christ alignment a year ago, and in the segment we will definitively demonstrate that there is uh, th- that uh, Christ alignment works with Bethel Church in Redding, California. Bethel and Redding work to- Bethel Redding and Christ alignment. They work together. Plus, of course, Jen Hodge. She's the mom of. Uh, ben Fitzgerald. So just keep that in mind. But uh, the the things that you're going to hear are it's, there's nothing biblical about this. There's nothing even remotely Christian about what you're going to hear. In fact, I'll, I'll kind of say this now that um, one of the testimonials given uh, you know in the, the one in the Christ alignment video that we're going to be listening to, uh, the, there's a woman who is claiming that in her destiny card reading that she encountered Jesus and um and he was physically giving giving her the physical love and attention that she's always wanted mhm and and she wasn't wearing anything in in this <clears throat> encounter i'm i'm not making that up i mean that's kind of how jaw droppingly awful this is hour number 2 uh, we're going to check in with uh, Steve Kelly from Wave Church. It's been a while since we've done a Steve Kelly sermon review, and so he's going to be uh, supposedly teaching us the importance of taking ground. And his text for that is going to be Joshua chapter 1, which has absolutely nothing to do with the things that he's going to be spewing and telling us we need to be doing. And so it's going to be a, a kind of a quintessential example of mangling God's Word taking a a type and shadow from the Old Testament and making it about something that it's not, namely taking ground means having a better marriage, having better financial management, doing better at at your work and, and all this kind of nonsense. You'll, you'll get the idea. So that will be today's episode of fighting for the faith. Strongly, strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. We've got a lot of ground we've got to be covering. And since we're going to begin with a prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update, let's do this. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 
Yeah, that's uh, Robert Tilton and Hubaba Kanda. So we're uh, heading over to the internet. <laughs> I think the Facebook of uh, Wes Leak. And uh, he's interviewing Amanda Wells for the purpose of promoting their upcoming prophetic business thingy that they're having in uh, in Brisbane. Yeah, I'll let them explain along the way. Here we go. Well, g'day everyone, it's Wesley here from Business Blessings, and I have the privilege of having Amanda Wells with me today. G'day, Amanda. It's so great to see you again. Hi, it's great to be here, and I'm so excited about what God is about to do. Amen. Preach it, sister. Hey, it's really, <laughs> really encouraging. So so the, the reason why we're doing this uh, short uh, video interview is uh, we're going to host another prophetic night, something we actually haven't done for quite some time, uh, which will be on Wednesday night, February the 20th. A, a, a prophetic night. Uh-huh. Uh, here in Brisbane. And, uh, I mean, it just as I was praying about that, your name kept coming to mind. And I know we've had you, you know, a couple of times a few years. If you're, if Amanda Wells' name kept coming to mind, that wasn't God the Holy Spirit who was causing her name to pop up in your head. That would have been Satan. Yeah. Uh, for doing that, and your—I guess what I really appreciate you is—you um, always so accurate in the in, in individual words, but also Amanda Wells accurate. She never says anything that means anything when she prophesies. The corporate word of what's happening, and your heart and passion for the marketplace is is incredible. So. So, you know, Amanda, we are at the start of a new year. What's God been speaking to you about and how are you seeing things unfolding prophetically this year? Why would you think that God's speaking to Amanda Wells directly? And so notice, what, what, what should we expect coming up for this year? What is God telling you? Like somehow she has a direct channel to the Holy Spirit, right? Well, it's different ways. <laughs> <laughs> the one way is... Uh, the secret place. I feel that God is saying, this is where we get renewed. And especially. Yeah, God, God's saying the, the secret place. Like I said, she don't say nothing. In the marketplace, because everything is so busy, high paced, we're, we're doing things all the time. I'm trying to get people to come back into the secret place and just sit. You don't have. Come on back to the secret place and just, would you sit for a while? Tell God all your needs. Just sit because God wants us to come back because there is so much uh, of the supernatural, not just healings and miracles. I mean, so much of the supernatural in the secret place, you know, really supernatural that he wants to break out and particularly in businesses. And the other side, of course, is the political and business. Of course, specifically in businesses because they have money and she wants it. That's why she's doing what she does, by the way. You know what God is doing there and I'm looking and watching and the, the transition that God is, is really, it's almost like um, that things are being uncovered that were covered for so long. Yeah. And there is certainly an attack there that yeah. we've never really seen before. Never. So God right now is saying, you know, that there is a secret place where he's going to give you the strategies yeah, so there's a secret place, and God's going to give you the strategies. You know, so, so come to our business prophecy meeting so you can get those God strategies so you can become more wealthy. Yeah, notice that she, this is a 
kind of a hook to get to marketplace business people to come to this event so that they can, the expectation is they can get strategies and stuff. Uh-huh. And the blueprints of what he has. Mm. But sometimes we, we, we don't have even time to sit and read no. what he has from heaven, no. the download from heaven. I've just got to get to work. I've just got to finish. I've got to do emails when I get home. Sit and listen. He's- yeah, you, you got to get the, you got to have, take the time to listen to the downloads in the secret place. Well, where is the secret place? She can't tell you. It's a secret. If you knew where it was, then it wouldn't be a secret anymore. Breakthrough. And, you know, I mean, I would so agree with that. And the other thing I do with that is he's. What would you exactly be agreeing with, Wes? She didn't say anything. And you agree with that? Asking for a lot of time in the sitting. But it, it's. Like we're thinking it's got to be an hour, two hours, three hours. I have, I have seen him like even, like even before going into meetings now, he's just saying, just take that one or two or three or four extra minutes and say to me, what's on your heart for this meeting, father? And he's, and he's just giving one or two words, but those one or two words are blowing things up like I've never seen before. Yeah, so I would agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. You know, sometimes I just sit there with music, not worship, because otherwise I'll worship, but just music, put my headphones on so I can't hear what the outside noise is, and just sometimes it's five minutes. I'll just sit there and say, Father, I I want your heart. Not, not, I know what's on mine. I want your heart. And I'll just sit there and listen. And like you said, one word from him, bang. I. I think I'm seeing with that to an acceleration. Like he seems to be wanting to do things quicker. Got to get a prophecy bingo card. There's one of our prophecy bingo card buzzwords, acceleration. How many times have I heard that? It doesn't mean anything. Then what I've seen before, I don't know. Like it's so this, this two hands thing of slow down, listen to me, do that. But in so doing, it just bursts. And something happens. It's it's an interesting phenomenon I'm watching. I don't know yeah. whether you're seeing something like that as well. Yeah, are you seeing that, Amanda? I mean, the slow down so that you can burst into acceleration. Such a such a paradoxical thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the paradox of God, isn't it? Everything yes. is sort of opposites. Everything you look at, and I think yes, slow down, take take time, but time is accelerating. And- Notice that what she just did there was basically regurgitate back to him the words he just said. She kind of put her own spin on it, but she just said the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The paradox of the slow down with the acceleration thingy. (laughs) Isn't that so much like God? I think we need to know who we are in God. That's one thing. In two years where I've been in the hidden place, you might call it, Amanda Wells for two years has been in the hidden place for two years uh, she's been dealing with the fact that she's a plagiarist and she ain't no prophetess at all and you know in Glory City Church and Catherine Ranala stepped her down stepped her down she's so she's been in the in the hidden place yeah uh-huh God has been showing me how we are uh, situated in time and how we've got to work with time. And uh, time, light, 
our energy, all of these things, and it comes out of knowing who we are. And I think that's the big thing. Wait, but run. Uh, that's a paradox. Yes. But that is God. That's how he works. Wes, it's just so, oh, 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 that's, oh this is so God. No, this is nonsense. She not, she's not saying nothing. If I wanted a word from God, I would open my Bible. And I read it daily, by the way. Yeah. I would agree with that. So, Amanda, we've got you. Agree with what again? She didn't say anything. Wednesday, the 20th of Feb, as I said before, what's on your heart for that night? Like, uh, like I don't want to know all the details. <laughs> you know, that what's God been downloading so far? Yeah, please tell us, Amanda, what, what has God been downloading to you? You know, the church couldn't survive without you, Amanda. Why should people really come? Maybe I should know it. Yeah. Oh, and, and I sense that God is going to be really giving people their, their identity, who they are. No. Yeah, see, God's going to be giving people identities. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will there be destiny card readings going on there? Will Christ alignment be, you know, revealing people's <clears throat> identities? Who they are, knowing that they are set in that place for a reason. Mm. They're not just called there because they, they had an idea. That idea was a God idea and what God wants to do in the long term with that idea. And then moving from just having in the natural because um, we're kainos being, 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, when we're in Christ, we're a new creature, a kainos creature. So that kainos is a, <laughs> a kainos creature. Okay. Unprecedented, unseen before, unheard of. And as that being, Matt, I tell you, we will blow the marketplace open and we will be transforming the marketplace, not the earth transforming us. Oh, yeah. It's all going to start in Brisbane, by the way, folks. Yeah. At Alpha Crucis College. Yeah. On the 20th. On the 20th. Uh, yeah. At Alpha Crucis College. They're, they're, they're going to, this word is going to just blow the marketplace up. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Free offering taken up for, uh, Amanda, and in that two-hour, strategies and accelerations are going to be released, and and those strategies and accelerations are going to just totally transform the business market of Brisbane. Uh-huh. Okay. And I think people will get uh, an identity download mm. on that night. Woo. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think. Oh man, yeah. You remember that part of the Book of Acts where you know Peter and Paul they they did that business marketplace apostolic, you know, a, a marketplace apostle strategy releasing session. I think it was in um, oh was it in Madagascar? Yeah, yeah. And remember the identity downloads that oh that they were just handing those things. Yeah, that that didn't happen, by the way. You know, some are tired, some are at the end. Well, I don't know what to do next, God. God just gives, hey, uh, you've been waiting for this long. Now that, that Kairos moment is there, do it. This is what we need to do. Yeah, no, nobody needs to do any of this because none of this has anything to do with Christianity at all. Yeah, these people are complete wackerdoodle wingnuts 
who are basically trafficking in the insane and calling it Christianity and and uh, and basically using the marketplace for their own financial gain, all in the name of Christ and prophecy and identity downloads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Moving along. Chief Lane, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, their genes have been sliced. They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. All right, so uh, part two today, we're uh, heading over to the Toronto Airport Church as we uh, listen to the Revival 25 conference, and uh, we're going to be listening to a portion where Carol Arnott is taking the microphone right after a worship set, and on the stage with her is Heidi Baker, and and the two of them are not going to make no sense is the best way I can put it. But the things that they are saying and doing contradict what we should expect would be happening to a person who is truly manifesting God the Holy Spirit. It's the best way I can put it. So without any further ado, here's Carol Arnott. Holy Spirit, we want to honor you today. We want to love you today. We want to worship you today. We want to talk. <laughs> that, vo- <laughs> that voice is kind of creeping me out. It's like a kindergarten, first grade teacher kind of voice. I feel like I'm watching an episode of, of Romper Room or something here. A little bit about Heidi and my experiences getting to know the Holy Spirit. We want to just share with you as our family. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's kind of like when, uh, you know, the finger hits the Pil- Pillsbury Doughboy and goes, <laughs> yeah, th- that that's supposedly a manifestation of the spirit. We're going to let a few more of those happen before we'll allow Mike Bickle to provide commentary on that for us. We're just noting it here. Some of you have had struggles. Some of us have had struggles. Learning how to follow him. But we want to be a family that comes together with the Holy Spirit to magnify Jesus. So you can... Go back to your seats. You can lie down. You can whatever. Yeah, a little carpet time there. Yeah, they teach the practice of soaking there at the uh, Toronto Airport Church. By the way, if you haven't seen 
our soaking video that we did of, with Carol Arnott and Mr. Sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the archives. <laughs> I'll put a link down to it below. And also at the end of this video, we'll put a little video link to it so that uh, if you forget, you got, you got to watch that. If you have not seen Mr. Sponge, you, you really should. This is going to be partly worship, partly sharing. Yeah. We're just... Now, now, no, Carol is getting closer to Heidi Baker. She's about to touch her and watch what happens when they make physical contact with each other. Just family. Mm-hmm. We're just family. Yeah. This isn't going to be a great theological um, message. Right, I'm pretty sure there's been no great theological messages at to the Toronto Airport Church in at least 25 years, probably longer. It's just going to be two laid-down lovers. Now they just, no, she's touching her here. Oh, there she goes. Oh, look at that. (laughs) It's like wrestling. Anyway, so she just fell over, apparently. Woo, the electricity of the Holy Spirit just shot through them, and, and now they're on the floor there. Well, I didn't quite mean that, Heidi. <laughs> yeah, and Heidi's down for the count. One, two, get up, Heidi. Three, four, don't throw it in the towel, Heidi. Come on, five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a witch cackle or anything like that. Heidi, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I better be careful. Oh my goodness, he's very here. Uh, just, just tune in. Uh, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, too late. <laughs> You're not going to touch me. No, no, no. <laughs> you see, and if, if you've never been to a church like this, you, you sit there and go, am I, as a Christian, required to believe that this is how the Holy Spirit operates? Yeah, and, and if you're in the charismatic movement, I mean, there's a little bit of a more nefarious teaching. If you deny that this is an actual manifestation of the Holy Spirit, well, you risk blaspheming the Holy Spirit and then spending eternity in hell. Yeah, that's kind of how they talk. That might not be a good idea. <laughs> Poor thing can't get up. It's like she's drunk or something, which kind of is a good segue um, to what the Bible really does say. Uh, Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five lays out for us the um, the the well desires of the flesh, the behaviors of the sinful flesh, as opposed to the fruit of the spirit. We're going to note there's a big difference between the fruit of the spirit and the desires and the passions and the behaviors according to the sinful flesh. So Paul says in Galatians 5.16, I say to walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh, they're against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit, they're against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Are you ready? Here they are. 
sexual immorality, check, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, and look at this one, drunkenness. Hmm. Yeah, dr- drunkenness is uh, listed as one of the works of the flesh. Orgies and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so you'll note that uh, one of the things that is a common feature, especially of NAR, Narismatic, that's New Apostolic Reformation, but don't tell Dr. Michael Brown I said that because he thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist. Anyway, uh, within Narismatic churches is this drunken spirit. You know, you're so overcome by the spirit. You, yeah, you just, <laughs> you get the point, right? Uh, and and why would the Holy Spirit make you drunk when drunkenness is one of the works of the flesh? You know, just saying. So uh, so Paul says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, ready, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, oh, look at that one, self-control. But see, they're claiming through their actions and their words that you can tell that the Holy Spirit is really manifesting in among us when people are completely losing total control of themselves and falling over and acting in drunken, cackly, witchy kind of ways. That's not the Holy Spirit, folks. This is totally contrary to the Holy Spirit. Now, another thing, a little bit of a note here while we're looking at Scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, this is... Yeah, the tail end of uh, of that section that has to do with the charismatic gifts. Uh, the Apostle Paul puts some order, some structure, um, you know, in the church services with those who had legitimate manifestations of the Holy Spirit, uh, gifts of the Spirit for the purpose of building up the church. And that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. The purpose of actual gifts of the Spirit is for the purpose of building up the church. Mm -hmm. So since these gifts are for the building up of the church, Paul says this, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. That's the purpose of these gifts, for the building up of the church. So if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be only two, or at the most three. Each in turn, let someone interpret But if there's no one to interpret, let each one of them keep silent in church, speak to himself and God. Let two or three prophets speak, let the others weigh what's said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. You can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. You'll notice the order here. And the the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. But what we're watching here on parade at uh, the Toronto Airport Church is total confusion, lack of self-control, all in the name of God the Holy Spirit. But God the Holy Spirit has revealed in Scripture, this ain't how he operates. So we got a problem. So It's like Sesame Street. Remember that game? One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not the same. Right. So it's like, all right, so what's the difference here? Well... This doesn't belong. 
because it's not at all like what Scripture says regarding how the Spirit operates, the purpose for which He operates, and the fruit that will manifest in the person who has the Holy Spirit. These are the opposite fruits. These are the works of the flesh we're looking at here. Thank you. (laughs) Woo! There you go. (laughs) Anyway, we're just going to share our love and our thoughts and our... uh, Oh. I know. Oh, it's thick up here. Yeah. Yeah, it's thick up there, all right. Just not thick with the Holy Spirit. Thick with deception. Thick with the demonic, maybe. But not the Holy Spirit. No, it's not leaning, Heidi. It's you that's leaning. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, you're good. She doesn't, Carol Arnott doesn't even look like she believes what she's doing. It just looks like it's an act to her. Oh. But we just want to talk to you today about this wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Ah. He. There it is again. Ah. Okay. Is the most wonderful friend. The most wonderful companion. Isn't he, Heidi? Yes. (laughs) this ain't the holy spirit (laughs) dear dear is that yours that's mine oh my gosh you better take your mic down heidi (laughs) you might be speaking from the floor today Yeah, how many of the Apostle Paul's sermons did he preach while soaking on the floor? Zero, none, not one. (laughs) Oh, Heidi, tell us, when you first met this person of the Holy Spirit? Wow. Oh. Do you think you can? No. Oh, oh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this funny? This is blasphemous. Like me to go first. <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Now, when I first met Jesus, I had a, an absolutely incredible, ah. Yeah, there it is again. Ah. Oh, wow. Oh, what is that? Well, uh, Mike Bickle talks about this. And by the way, Mike Bickle is the head of IHOP, so he's in the movement. He's not outside of it. We put together a video last year. We'll just show part of it here today. Uh, titled Mike Bickle High-Fiving and Jiving, and he explains to us uh, what this stuff is, and he claims that it's not from the Holy Spirit. Listen to Mike Bickle. I don't really, I know, I've done them all, I haven't really done the whoa, because I don't really think that's a manifestation, that's just kind of fun. I mean, I've done the whoa a few times, but not by the Holy Spirit, because it was fun. 
you know, a whoa, we high-five each other. And So I don't put the whoa under a manifestation category. I put that under high-fiving and jiving around category. Yeah, so he says it's high-fiving and jiving. It's not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit according to Mike Bickle. They're just having fun. I don't often get visited like this during a film shoot. And then they put their hand on my stomach. And I felt like someone punched me in the stomach and hard. Fire! Station category. I put that under high-fiving and jiving around category. Yeah, that's right. High-fiving and jiving is what's going on there at um, Toronto Airport Church. One of the best high-fiver jivers out there, Carol Arnott. Whoa! Version. Everything was going wrong in my life. I just won't go into the details, but everything was going wrong. And, and I'm not really a depressed person. Ah, but this night... I'm Not really manifesting. According to Mike Bickle, they're just high-fiving and jiving. They're just having some fun. was depressed, and so I put the boys to bed early, and ah, I was brushing my teeth. Ooh, and I heard an audible voice, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's my ex-husband. He's broken into the house again, and he would do that on a regular basis and just move a few things around so you'd know somebody was in the house, right? And so I ran downstairs, ran upstairs, checked all the windows, doors. Anyway, there was, nobody was there. And I got up into the bathroom, and I don't know why, but I'm thinking... You know, long story short, the voice stopped and started about five times. And, and, and I thought, I'm having a nervous breakdown. This is what it's all about. You know, like I'm hearing voices. Like, hello. And uh, so finally, I just threw my toothbrush in the sink, and I just screamed, All right, I'll listen. And as I did that, Jesus spoke the 23rd Psalm. I seem to recall in uh, Jesus' Olivet Discourse, if, he says that if somebody tells you that he's in the inner room, don't believe him. So I don't believe Jesus was actually there to read the 23rd Psalm to you in your bathroom while you were brushing your teeth. And you'll note then that this is a real problem here, is, is that these manifestations run counter to what God the Holy Spirit has revealed in the written Word of God, the exact opposite of what we should expect regarding the manifestations of the Spirit, what they're there for, what, you know, what, how somebody would behave in light of them. And then we've got these claims of direct revelation. It's like, well, you know, 
we might as well be tacking on uh, these uh, revelations to the back of our Bible if God's speaking to people like this. And yet there's no reason to believe that God's speaking to them at all. In fact, comparing their behavior and their words to the written word of God, you can tell what they are. They, these are false prophets. These are false teachers. These are people who are engaging in deception and making quite a bit of money doing so, teaching for shameful gain things that they ought not to teach. And you'll note that by telling these stories the way they're telling them, the emphasis is on them, not on Christ. The emphasis is on them and not the actual Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit himself. Yeah, he, when it, Jesus says that when he sends the Spirit, the Spirit would convict the world of sin and unbelief. And we see over and again in the in the pages of the New Testament that the Holy Spirit is like the PR guy for Jesus, pointing everybody to Jesus. But these stories and these manifestations do not point people to Jesus. They point people to the person manifesting these behaviors, not Christ. This isn't God-honoring at all. This is the exact opposite of what you would expect from God the Holy Spirit. And then you got to sit there and go, well, you know, I don't glow in the dark the way these people do. What's wrong with me? How come God never talks to me while I'm brushing my teeth? And how come I never fall over drunk when the Holy Spirit is thick in the house and stuff like that? The answer is real simple. That's not the Holy Spirit. This is all a con job. This is a demonic con job. Get your eyes off of Christ and put your eyes onto people like Carol Arnott and Heidi Baker. That's the reality of the situation. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you could do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you could subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be doing a, a Christ alignment update, uh, Christian occultism, best way I can put it. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Peter, James, John, and Paul are all dead. That means there are no living apostles in the church today. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. Max Holiday's Birdcage Theatre presents Church Day Select. And now, Max Holiday's Birdcage here proudly presents Sessions with Mildred. Now, Mildred, I have some very important information to show you in this next video. 
it's going to give you the tools necessary to know if you're hearing directly from God. But anyways, Dr. Barbie, we are going to talk today about symbols. Yes, I like Because symbols. oftentimes God speaks in symbols. So outside of symbols, what are some of the ways that God speaks to his people? Well, major ways through his word. But his Holy Spirit speaks to us and communicates to it through a symbolic language, through even signposts on the highways, through music, through the dance, through nature. The other day I was at your home and a dove kept flying by the window. And to me it was the Holy Spirit bringing messages through the dove appearing, which represents the Holy Spirit. So as you can see, Mildred, God talks to us in many, many, many ways in everyday life, which is why... I got you this. A Cracker Jack prize? Yes. I mean, no. Do you have any idea how many box tops I had to send in for this thing? Um, no. It was a lot. It doesn't matter. Anyway, what you see before you is, in fact, your very own Holy Spirit decoder ring. What does it do? What doesn't it do? When I turn it on, it has the ability to warn you when the Holy Spirit is trying to give you an important message. Like what? <laughs> I'll show you. We know that the Holy Spirit can talk to us in all kinds of ways. He could even be trying to send me a message through this radio right now. Hold on, let me change the station. radio for now. <laughs> Let me help you turn on the ring. I have a great idea. Why don't you take it out for a test drive? Aren't you gonna come with me? <laughs> you know I can't leave. Being under house arrest is so much fun. If I were to leave my house for more than 20 seconds, then the cops would show up and tase me again. And who wants that? Now here's how the ring works. When it beeps like this, that means that there's a sign that you need to see in the area around you. Um, Mr. Sunshine, when the ring goes off, how am I going to know what the message is? Trust me, you'll know. It'll be so obvious that you won't miss it. And on top of that, the ring will make this sound when you've guessed it correctly. It couldn't be simpler. You are now free to leave. I'm really sorry to have to bother you at your house. They told me that these sessions are a part of the pastor's vision and that if I don't go, it will be a sin against God. You think that somebody under house arrest would be free from any and all ministerial obligations, but no! I guess that would make too much sense. I'm sorry that I caused you so much pain. It's all your... I mean, not your fault. <laughs> my, my, look at the sun. It's time for you to go. Have fun with the decoder ring! This is gonna go off. I see a McDonald's. I see a sign twirler dressed up as a hot dog. And I see the town park. 
You want me to go to the park? Okay. There's a dog eating grass. His owner is picking up the poop, and there's a bird flying towards the road. Is the bird a message? <coughs> the little bird just got hit by the truck. I think I get the message. Uh, all I see now is a couple having a picnic by the pond. You are such a jerk! I think they just broke up. Um, there's a tetherball court. But there's no tetherball or rope, it's just a pole. I don't see any kind of message here. I think you're broken. I'm gonna take you off my finger now. Oh no, it's stuck. I'm gonna have to go get some soap from the bathroom. I can't let you do that, Mildred. Oh dear, it's become self-aware. Mildred, you and I are bonded as one. I am an instrument here to reveal his secrets to you. I will deliver his messages to you, for it is his will that you should know them. We are going to be together forever. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Hey, everyone. It's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's It's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee. And it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Yeah. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. 
That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that drunkenness and out-of-controlness are not manifestations of God the Holy Spirit, because they're not. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world, and you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank, and our crew rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron uh, button on Patreon. If you'd like to donate, make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can do so by making your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, hope you're sitting down because what we're going to be playing next is, uh, well, just completely wackerdoodle is the best way I can put it. We're going to be listening to videos put out by Christ Alignment. Uh, this is a group that is affiliated in one way or another with Bethel Church of Redding, California. We'll demonstrate that in this segment but I feel like I need to play one of our standard warnings before we get into it. So let's do this. Warning. Fighting for the faith can be dangerous to your health. Listening with caution is strongly urged while doing any of the following activities. Operating heavy, deadly equipment, playing Farmville, or any time-wasting, brain-numbing activity. For sudden awakening at the sound of a particularly stupid isogetical statement could cause neck strain. Drinking liquids, drinking hot liquids, having liquids too nearby, not having any liquids nearby. The following medical conditions have been known to occur while listening to Fighting for the Faith. Cranial keyboard embedment syndrome, sinu-nasal liquid spewment disorder, steering wheel pounding clenched fist strain, continual gaping dry mouth atosis, and frustrative disbelief brain explosion. Please take proper precautions. Drinking straws, padding, and duct tape are recommended. You've been warned. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts There they are standing in a row Big one, small one, some as big as your head Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts Every ball you throw will make me rich there stands me wife, the idol of me life, singing roly-boly ball a penny a pitch. 
Sing and roll a bowl of all a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a bowl of all a penny a pitch. Roll a bowl a ball. Yeah, that's right. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. So uh, we're going to be listening to, like I said, videos put out by Christ Alignment. They're in Australia. They go to New Age festivals. They've got a place set up at a local market where they're at, and they are using a Christianized version of tarot cards. You can't Christianize these things. As well, as, you know, in order to basically do fortune telling, you know, and give readings, and they claim that they're doing it by the Christ Spirit, and uh, these are some testimonials and some explanations, as well as proof that uh, they have connections with Bethel Church in Redding, California. Here we go. This was Christ Alignment. I had the most amazing reading. <laughs> it was incredible. Thank you so much. What happened in it, no? So I found out about a lot of truths. <laughs> she found out about a lot of truths. Yay. A lot of truths in her destiny card reading. Jen Hodge just looks so thrilled, you know. My destiny? Yes. <laughs> She even learned her destiny in her destiny card reading. Mm -hmm. And yes, that was that was a lot. Really a lot to take in. in. And spiritually, was it helpful? Yeah, spiritually, was it helpful? Yeah. Find out. Very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. How do you know it was spiritually helpful? This, like I said, is a forbidden practice in Scripture. Uh, let me demonstrate that from the Bible itself. Uh, we'll look at a couple of passages from the Old Testament. Uh, there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering. Thankfully, they're not doing that at Bethel yet. Anyone who practices divination mm-hmm, or tells fortunes or interprets omens or is a sorcerer. So you're going to note that fortune telling is in the same list as sacrificing your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are pagan occult practices. Or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. Leviticus 19.31 states, Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am Yahweh, your God. Leviticus 20 uh, verses 6 through 8, and also verse 27. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers, Pouring after them. Yeah, I love the imagery there. <clears throat> Mediums, necromancers, psychics are referred to in terms of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll set my face against that person and will cut him off from among the people. So consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am Yahweh your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. Uh, verse 27 of that same chapter, a man or a woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So note the practice that we're looking at here that Jen Hodges tried to Christianize. Back in the uh, theocracy of ancient Israel, the punishment for this would have been death by stoning. In fact, First uh, Chronicles 10.13, uh, Saul himself, King Saul, turned to a medium. And a necromancer, you know, because God wasn't answering him because God was done with him. And so in First Chronicles 10.13, it says of Saul, Saul died for his breach of faith. 
He broke faith with Yahweh in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance. So you get the idea. This is absolutely a forbidden practice. You cannot take a practice that is occultic like this and Christianize it. So was it helpful for you? Oh, yeah, it was really helpful, this blonde lady said. Now, here's Jen Hodge in this video giving us a demonstration of how these destiny cards work and this apparently was the result of a destiny card reading let's uh take a listen as jen hodge instructs us on how this all goes down hi guys i'm just doing a video about the last reading that i just had i had this beautiful woman in and these are her cards in the top three rows and um it's amazing how accurate these cards are because these two here are the two leadership cards together and indeed she was a leader. Here she has physical touch up really high and uh, I had word of knowledge straight away over her that she is a nurse and that was absolutely correct. She's head nurse, head matron, so she's got the leadership. A little bit of a note here. Um... The New Testament attributes the ability to tell fortunes to demonic spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're sitting there going, oh, it's amazing how accurate this was. Yeah, in fact, I think it was in Acts 17. Let me let me pull that up. Let me see if that's where it's at when Paul is in Philippi. And uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah. You'll have to uh, <laughs> edit this out properly, Joshua. Divination. That's goodness. Yes, of course. Acts sixteen. Ah, it was on that page. Acts sixteen. Acts sixteen. And let's take a look here. Acts 16 is our chapter, and Paul is in Philippi, uh, made it to Macedonia. And here's what it says, and this is one of the we sections of the uh, book of Acts, which means that Luke was there for this. He was an eyewitness of this account. So as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. Greek word, uh, puthona. Uh, which means that this uh, this particular spirit of divination was related to the oracle at Delphi. Uh, so a, a, a girl who had a spirit of divination brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. Yeah, you see, the fortune-telling thing, um, it's the demonic that, you know, <laughs> enlivens that, gives it its power. Anyway, she was following Paul and us and crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And so this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. Now, notice that uh, Paul didn't turn around and go, you know, there's a better way to do this divination stuff and do fortune-telling, and that's to allow it to be controlled by the, the Spirit of Christ. It, it's, it's much better that way. N- not at all. He cast the demon out, and uh, Paul and, uh, 
and his companions got in trouble for that particular uh, demonic casting out, that exorcism, if you would. But uh, let's come back to uh, Jen Hodge as she's explaining how these destiny card readings, fortune-telling, um, apparently is so accurate. Authority here in charge, so she would know from this card spread that she is perfectly in the right job that um, she was created or destined to do by the spirit. Like she was created and destined to be a nurse because the destiny card says so. Just mm-hmm. suits her so well. Then we had the encounter. And the amazing thing here was that um, she was in a garden, in, in a beautiful garden, in her own garden. You know, I just have to ask, is that card on the left, the sneaky squid? That looks like a squid tentacle to me. And she was sitting between two trees, an apple tree and a pear tree, and she saw a basket that was put down at the bottom of one of those trees, and in the in the basket was red, red tissue paper, and this is very relevant, and inside that was a gift for her, and as she touched that gift, gold light came down all over her protecting, she felt protection. And This has nothing to do with God the Holy Spirit. You cannot take a forbidden, abominable practice that God commanded the death penalty for in the Old Testament and Christianize it and believe that God, the Holy Spirit, is now going to be the one guiding these uh, fortune-telling experiences. Turned into silver light, but she felt gold light fall down on her shoulders and she just felt so much calmness, so much warmth and protection. Her question today was, am I going to have more kids? She only had one kid and she got... Am I going to have more kids? This is fortune telling. Quite a shock when I turned over the red card and told her the meaning that this isn't a bee, it's a wasp. And that wasps are needed with fruit trees to do cross-pollination or you can't actually have fruit. And this was quite a shock to her because in the encounter she was clearly sitting between two fruit trees. Notice she's in the encounter, in the encounter. And so Jen Hodge believes that this woman had an encounter with the Christ spirit during this destiny card reading. So this represents multiplication, fruitfulness, anointing, and power. And she said um, Christ spirit then told her in the encounter that she is going to have two more kids. She actually got... um, So, So the Christ spirit told her that. No, Jesus Christ, the, the the Son of God, second person of the Holy Trinity, did not tell her this. The word two, and they were given, she saw them actually in that same basket under the fruit tree. So this card today was really, really significant for her. So that was an amazing encounter. At the end of that encounter, um, I could clearly tell her about the whole spiritual world and about who Christ Spirit is and how... She was able to tell her who the Christ Spirit is. I don't think Jen Hodge is capable of communicating that with any kind of biblical accuracy at all. Um, why he loves her, why he would want to give her two more kids, and that was a really wonderful encounter. 
I just thought I'd show you her cards down the bottom. It was a really, really wonderful number. All right. Now, a little bit of a note here. We've made the claim that Bethel Church of Redding, California is involved. I would like to introduce you to a student of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry who has come down to Australia to help and assist with uh, Christ Alignment's Destiny card readings. Hey, Sam, you're in on our Christ Alignment team. Amazing. And you're an amazing guy. You're from Bethel, and you've joined the team, which is so wonderful. What happened in... So a guy from Bethel has joined the team, the Christ Alignment team. Yeah, that's right. Bethel is intertwined with Christ Alignment when it comes to Christian tarot card and fortune telling. Well, um, we're sitting, sitting with a young Asian guy. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he, uh, he felt the spirit of truth. Yeah. He felt the Christ spirit come to him. Yeah. The spirit of truth. The Christ spirit came to him during a destiny card reading conducted by a guy from Bethel. He was given a gift. Yeah. Uh, which is in the way of sewing material and knitting together knitting material Um, and it was it was a it was a thing of his heart being knitted together wow and as as the as he invited the spirit of truth in that was the moment of his of his heart being knit together so when he invited the spirit of truth in that was the moment his heart was knit in stuff what does any of that mean up in the cards, as well as thing of a thing of uh, sadness, and there was a picture of a violin, which was sadness from his past. Yes. But actually, his lens was being changed, yes. and in the future, there was a hand yes. Yes. upon him, which is a spirit of truth. So there was this thing of. So rather than, you know, preach Christ and Him crucified for our sins, calling them to repent and to be forgiven, trust in Christ. For forgiveness and eternal life. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And abandon all of these pagan practices. No, 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 no. They had an encounter with the spirit of truth. And there was some knitting of hearts and stuff. And thingies. And, mm-hmm. The past pain, past, uh, past torment of his heart. Yeah. Being healed as he invites the spirit of truth. In, and he invites the Christ spirit in. Which yeah. is incredible. Come on. Let's... Come on. Yeah, that's just a... <clears throat> A crock of beans. Anyway, um, this woman, this one's going to be creepy. Um, she had a physical encounter with uh, Jesus, uh, the, the Spirit of Christ. And um, I think, yeah, the, all I can say is get ready to be weirded out in like a really, really bad way. Here we go. Hi, did you want to just let me know, your name's Cody? Yeah. Did you want to let me know what happened for you today, Cody? Yeah, so um, we started the reading. um, uh, We connected with the gift giver first. Connected with the gift giver. Any relation to the key master? I imagined myself on a beach, um, on my favourite beach, Port Malanga, and walking down, um, and there's a cove there, um, and I imagined a gift box, like a big square gift, bright, baby pink colour with a white, big white ribbon around it. So the gift giver gave you a 
pink box. Got it. And, um, and then after, okay, I'm like, yay! And um, yeah, after that we connected even more, and I I saw flickering, almost like his legs running. <laughs> And and then I completely, yeah, completely saw him, not knowing really what he looked like. But um, and then you described to me what he looked like, and it was exactly what I saw. So and I let him in. I accepted, and I let him in. You you let him in, and you accepted. What exactly did you accept? Completely and. He was giving me the physical affection and touch that I have been so longing for. You sure that's Jesus? Jesus was giving you the physical affection and touch that that you were so longing for. Wow, and yeah, I'm feeling very good. <laughs> Give that woman a cigarette. Did you actually see um, a figure or a man, and did he? Yeah, I didn't how did he really communicate see, to you? I didn't. I didn't see a face. I just saw like the hair, like the curly hair and the white, um, no shoes, almost with like a white sort of tie around his waist, like a I don't know what they called. Um, but yeah, it was very, very white, his coat. And I just saw the background, like the beach, and it was magical. Magical. Yeah. Sound like quite the date. Touch your back? Yeah, he's just sitting there. I was, I was kind of, yeah, it was just coming, coming to, kind of coming. I think I was upset. And in the in the vision, and he was just comforting me and patting me, and I was fully naked. <laughs> he 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 was petting you when you were fully naked. Yeah, that doesn't sound at all like the Jesus of Scripture. This doesn't sound like you really connected with the Son of God. Um, something demonic. But that went in Jesus. Wow. So beautiful. Oh, wow. Has this yeah. never happened before? No, nothing really like this. No, not with, not with Jesus Christ. So, so she believes that Jesus was the one giving her this physical affection while she was naked. She believes that was actually Jesus. Yeah, visualize people I love and things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, this woman, um, she's going to give her testimony of what happened during her Christ alignment encounter. And uh, she's going to be a little um, annoyed at the end. Just you can kind of tell when it's sprung on her that... uh, the encounter that she had was with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hi, Kiva. We're here. You're here in the Christ Alignment tent. And you just had a destiny reading. Now, how did it go? Um, it was absolutely incredible. Um, wow. I think probably the most powerful moment for me was the healing. Um, 
What kind of healing did you have? Um, it was an energy healing. An um, energy healing. She had an energy healing. Right. Yeah. Um, Sounds like new age practices to me. Energy transferred between our palms. And um, I had my eyes closed and I just relaxed. Yeah. And I literally could feel the healing energy pulsating through my body. Oh, wow. Healing energy pulsating. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that can be a little off putting if you don't, if you didn't expect that, you know. Yeah. Um, especially, yeah, it was amazing. Like, especially um, in my stomach and through my arms. Um, yeah, I've had those moments before uh, whilst meditating. Um, I call them energy gasms. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, no comment necessary. Only quick first. Yes, yes. Whereas just now it was a continually a continual flow of like extremely strong, powerful healing energy it's through my body. Amazing. Yeah, and it's real. It's yeah. real. It's real. And Antonio told you it's from Christ Spirit because that's who we're using. Oh really? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. She's- we, uh, she told you that yeah, we were using the Christ spirit. Oh, wow. Really? Well, who knew? Yeah, the Christ spirit gave her an energy gasm. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know who it's from. It's from the universe, but uh, it's definitely That's uh, profound. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that awkward moment when you are told, yeah, it's, you know, this isn't caffeinated coffee, it's decaf. Yeah, and it was the Christ spirit that gave you an energy gasm. Yeah, now this woman, uh, she's going to be asked a question straight up. What, you know, what's the difference between what she experienced in her Christ alignment destiny card encounter and uh, and what she would experience at and when she would have a psychic reading? And she's going to basically admit that she's had a lot of psychic readings. And uh, we're going to note that when she's asked the question, it's going to take her a little bit of time to Figure out what the difference is. Hi, Ruby. Hello. Daniel was in the Christ Alignment tent today at Dandenong Market, and you just had a reading with Edward. And you have been to psychics before. Yes. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot. So a lot. what was the difference in today's reading between ours and a psychic? Yeah, what is the difference between a destiny card reading and a psychic card reading? I, what is the difference? Answer, there is no difference. The, the, all of this is forbidden by the Word of God. None of this can be baptized and turned into a Christian thing. And nowhere in Scripture are we led to believe that the Holy Spirit would empower the same pagan practices that he, the Holy Spirit, condemned in the Old Testament. In your opinion. It's taking her some time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know there's a difference. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Hang on a second here. Got to sort this out. Yeah, notice that she. Right off the top of her head, really can't think of a difference because there isn't one. Kind of the same, but I found out who yeah, I was. Right. Mm, they're the same, but I found out who I was. Uh huh. 
And okay. what gifts I have yes. to give to people who I can help. Yes. It's weird because when we talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, those are reserved for Christians, penitent believers in Jesus Christ, uh-huh, who've been regenerated, raised from the grave, bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, given gifts for the purpose of the edification of the body of Christ. That's not what she's talking about. Was that good? Yes, it was actually good because I've been doing that too. <laughs> I've been doing that a lot as well, but I just wanted to find out if I was, you know, okay. doing what I was meant to be doing. So, and I have been. Oh. Yeah. So you found it to be a deeper, more satisfying reading. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a deeper, more satisfying reading. Way more satisfying. Those psychic readings are just less satisfying. They're not as deep. Okay. It was actually, so I was going to cry. Oh. But no, I'll hold my tears back. <laughs> oh, I was, was going to cry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome, so it was really awesome. It really touched. She didn't look like she believed it. That was really awesome. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you got it, actually. It really yeah. touched you deeply, yeah? He always does, but in different, not, not me, silly way to think, but, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's actually. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, this woman's practically a Christian now. No, she's not. So uh, that's our check back in, if you would, with uh, Christ alignment and their practices. And we note that Bethel is connected to Christ Alignment, sending people to help out with their Christ Alignment Destiny card reading teams. And all of this is fortune telling, pagan, psychic readings, which Scripture explicitly forbids. And even in the, in the New Testament, forbids. It's not allowed. It's empowered by the demonic, not the Holy Spirit. You cannot baptize these practices and expect that God the Holy Spirit is going to somehow then empower them. Just to show you how far off the rails uh, Bethel Church is and those affiliated with them, because they are. And uh, Jen Hodge, mm -hmm, her and Ben Fitzgerald are relatives, really close relatives. You know, just saying. So. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, heading over to Wave Church and Steve Kelly's sermon about taking ground total misapplication of the uh, conquest of Canaan. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This might feel like theological waterboarding, but you'll get used to it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. High Ridge Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... <laughs> You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listening to this program right now. 
Have you ever found yourself wishing there was more Fighting for the Faith content that you could listen to and share with your friends? Well, you're in luck, because we now at Pirate Christian Media have a YouTube channel that we upload content to on a weekly basis. We got programs like Twist Busters, You Don't Have to Be a Cessationist, Messed Up Church, exclusive Skype interviews, Pirate Gang Conversations, and our most popular segment, Dumpster Fire. So if you're looking for some extra pirate Christian media goodness in your life, head on over to YouTube and search for Fighting for the Faith and subscribe. Oi, Captain, we got ourselves a heretic. And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. (laughs) To err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. We're back. Hour number two, Fighting for the Faith, sermon review time. It's not a long one, and you'll note it doesn't fit the first hour, but I don't know how to make things fit first hours that are like that, so we'll just have to make do with a non-themed episode. But let's do this right. the ugly we review it all here at fighting for the faith we're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service today's sermon comes to us via wave church out in virginia virginia beach virginia uh, steve kelly presiding he's a, a aussie transplant to the states and the name of the sermon is taking ground we'll be in joshua chapter one and it's going to be a complete misapplication of this text Joshua 1 is not a command for you to take ground in your life. It's like not even close, not at all. It has nothing to do with why God the Holy Spirit had this text penned. So let me go ahead and back off on the music. And without any further ado, here's Steve Kelly and Taking Ground. Who's ever been in a situation where somebody is... Not literally throwing mud at you, but they're throwing, saying things about you 
that is not accurate, that is a misrepresentation of who you are. Scott's got his hand raised up. Yeah, that happens to me frequently. So do I, trust me, I'm telling. Somebody this week started an Instagram um, with my name and my photo, with my children, my grandchildren's photos on, on the Instagram, and they started reaching out to people, trying to make contact with people, pretending it was me. And so we had to get that shut down very quickly because they were, you know, they, you know, they were reaching out to my relatives and my nieces and, and trying to pretend it was me. And so, you know, that put, you, you're in dangerous hands when someone else is speaking for you and it's not you. You with me here? And, oh, yeah. Have that happen to me, too. Uh, but who's ever been in a situation where somebody's throwing some mud at you? You know what I mean? Some of that mud will stick. You understand that? But you've got to realize there's a great graphic I want to show you. Look at this. This is, this is what you need to think about. When somebody's throwing mud at you, I want you to know they've got to reach down from the ground they're standing on. And they're losing ground. And when they're throwing it at you, you're gaining ground. And I just think it's a good way to think about it. Don't, don't just, just understand some of the mud sticks, but the truth matter is don't ever, ever live your life threatened by those things. Just stay your course. Intelligent people will see what the real story is and you will now. And all you got to think about is when they're throwing mud at you, they got to reach down from the ground that God maybe gave them and they're losing it and you're gaining it in Jesus name. Just a good way to look at it. And so I want to talk to you today about gaining new ground. I want to go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Verse 1, verse 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, I've got to stop right there and just help you understand. And I want Seaboard, I want Chesapeake, I want you all to catch this now. Because I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to understand God had to tell Joshua, Moses is dead. Joshua was probably thinking, maybe Moses just disappeared and he's going to come back. So maybe, maybe, maybe God's going to raise him from the dead because after all, it was never Joshua who was called to lead people out of Egypt. It was now a little bit of a note here. And the note is he's engaging in a form of Bible twisting called eisegesis. He's putting things into the biblical text that are not there. And, you know, so it is true. God told Joshua that Moses is dead. But it doesn't say why. There was, there's no indication from Joshua's behavior or words that he's thinking and feeling the things that Steve Kelly claims that Joshua is thinking and feeling. And that's a problem. Moses. And so now Moses is dead and the people haven't yet gone into the promised land. And Joshua doesn't know what to do. So God's got to help him. And God says, hey, Josh, Moses is dead. He's not alive. He's not coming back. Now you get up and you lead these people into the land that I swore to Moses. And I think it would take that kind of a moment for Joshua to realize, oh my gosh, it's really now on me. Moses is dead. He's pumping up daisies. He's not coming back. Now you arise, the Bible says. Everybody see that? And he goes, now you arise, he says, and lead these people to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. Hey, Joshua, everything 
that I said to Moses is now for you. You are now the man that's going to lead these people into the promised land. Can you imagine the pressure of filling those pairs of shoes, that pair of shoes? Moses, who was the one that confronted Pharaoh, that got Israel out of Egypt. Moses, who threw his rod down and the sea opened. Moses, who struck the rock and water came out of the rock. Moses, who did all that. And Joshua was like, what? Me? How do I do that? Joshua never said any of those words. So you'll note that, you know, Joshua's reaction becomes a vital part of this sermon. But the reaction that Steve Kelly is attributing to Joshua, that ain't never happened. But God will see to it that his promises will always be accomplished. And All right, so how can I do that? And here's kind of the first linchpin of the sermon. God will always see to it that his promises will be accomplished. And now we're talking in vagaries. We're, we're now talking about promises in the abstract rather than the actual bona fide promises that God did make to the people of Israel. Uh-huh. This is something different. And the reason why is because now he's reading Joshua 1 as a pattern that you are supposed to expect to see repeated in your life. So what promises has God made to you and which lands are you supposed to be taking ground in? This is how this sermon is going to end up shaking out. God was never, it was never just about Moses. It was about God's people taking new ground. I want to talk. No, 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 no. It was not about God's people taking new ground. It was about God giving these people a land that he had promised to them through their forefathers. Big difference. And see, by reworking the definitions here ever so subtly and very quickly, now we're dealing in categories that the Bible does not deal in. This morning about taking new ground. I love this because if you read... All right, I'm going to back this up so you can hear that again in context. But that his promises will always be accomplished. And God was never, it was never just about Moses. It was about God's people taking new ground. I want to talk to you this morning about taking new ground. I love... Yeah, so apparently the big application now, the thing you're supposed to be doing is figuring out how you are supposed to be taking new ground. That's not what Joshua 1 is about at all. Because if you read on, it says, every place you put your foot, as I promised Moses, it's now for you. What I said to Moses is now for you. Everywhere you put your foot, I'll give it to you. How many want a better marriage? Well, then you got to put your foot into a book and read a book. You got. So apparently you got to take ground by you know, putting your foot into a book so that you can have a better marriage. Joshua chapter 1 is not about taking ground so that you can have a better marriage. Put yourself in a seminar. If you don't put your feet there, you can't have where you're not willing to go. How many want better financial management in your life? Okay, you got to... So again, Joshua 1 has nothing whatsoever to do with you experiencing better financial management in your life, as if somehow that's about 
You know, so God wants you to take ground there. Read a book. You got to get someone to give you counsel. You, you got to put your foot there. Everywhere you put your foot, I'll give it to you. But if you're just going to sit there and pray and expect like it's all up to God, it ain't going to happen. You have. So whatever you do, just don't sit there and pray and expect God to do everything. That's not what Joshua is about either. Got to be willing to go there to get what I want for you in the name of... I think that's worth giving the Lord a hand right there. Yeah, the Lord didn't say these words and the Bible doesn't teach this stuff. What you just said, I can't give a hand to the Lord for. I wouldn't want to blame him for this blasphemy. Your territory will expand from the deserts of Lebanon to the great Euphrates. And he says now in verse 6, he says, be strong. And courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong. Yet notice, inherit the land that I, God, swore to their ancestors to give them. This isn't about generic promises. This is about a very specific promise that God made. And courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left. You will be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. You be careful to do everything, everybody say everything, that is written in. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Here's some thoughts about taking new ground. Here's the first thought, because that's what Joshua is going to do. Anybody here think maybe you can take some new ground? In G- Anyone here think you can take some new ground? This is completely ignorant preaching. Again, This is not a passage about you taking new ground. And that's, this isn't what this is about at all. Take new ground of health. Take new ground of, you know, of of breakthrough in your work. Take new ground in... Take new ground of breakthrough in your work. This is nonsense. Your mind and your thinking, creativity, imagination, invention. Take new ground in a song and maybe that book. Take new ground in terms of, of a dream that has been sitting in your heart. And maybe it's time to take that new ground in Jesus' name. And so, listen to this. New seasons require new habits and new ways of thinking. A new season requires new habits and a new way of thinking. So, point number one. New seasons require new habits and new ways of thinking. Again, this has nothing whatsoever to do with Joshua chapter 1. Think about that. I mean, for instance, if talking about taking new ground. Virginia Beach is flat. Have you noticed? I mean, it's flat. If your dog ran away in Virginia Beach, you'd still see it three days later running away. That's how flat Virginia Beach is. Except for Mount Trashmore. That's the icon, the pinnacle of our Mount, Mount Trashmore. Give me a break. It's a little pimple Trashmore is what it is. And, uh, but it's our highest point above sea level. You with me here? Again, but if you're used to just having plateau ground, flat ground, and now all of a sudden you're going to take new ground, I'm talking naturally speaking, and you're going to start hitting some mountains, you better get some new habits. You better train differently. 
if you're going to take mountains than if you've just been on the, plat, on the flat ground. So a new, new ground requires a new habit. It requires new skills. If you're going to take, go up into a mountain, there's high altitude stuff going on up there. I'll never forget going to Machu Picchu. And uh, we flew into Lima, Peru. Then we went to, uh, where did we go? To Cusco. And they said, you have to stay in Cusco for about a day to adjust to the air, and then we'll take you to Machu Picchu. Otherwise, you'll get altitude sickness. And so I'm kind of like, all right, I'll do, I'm, I'm, I'll be stupid not to listen to you. And so we spent a day in Machu Picchu, and then the next day we went up into, uh, we in the Cusco, then the next day went up to Machu Picchu, and it's all the Incas and all these beautiful ruins. And I gotta be honest with you, I got, I had to walk up to these different ruins, and I kept thinking, what is wrong with me? I feel so weak, I feel so, and then I realized, hey, they weren't kidding. This is high altitude training. And I wanna tell you, if you're gonna take new ground, it's gonna take some new habits. It's gonna take. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna take some new ground, you, you gotta work out how to overcome the altitude sickness, man. Yeah. New way of thinking in Jesus' name. I started thinking about that. I was thinking about what God said to Moses, to Joshua. The first thing he had to do was, hey, listen, man, Moses is dead. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. There's just some things you got to let go of if you're going to take new grounds. Amen. There's just some things you... Right, yeah. yeah. So you got to let go of some stuff too. Joshua chapter 1 is not about you taking any ground at all. I realize, I love what Rick Godwin says, if the horse is dead, dismount. Get off the dead thing and get on the new thing. Amen. The Bible puts it this way. Get rid of, you know, the sin and the weights and the bad habits. New seasons require new habits, new disciplines, new skills, new mindsets, a new way of thinking. Let me show it to you in a Bible example. The writer of the book of Hebrews is trying to help the poor Old Testament brothers deal with the New Testament. I mean, everything was sweet and rosy. Everything, they had a little down pat. There was the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. There was the shedding of the blood of the land and there was forgiveness of sins. And once a year, the priest went into the temple and there was rabbis and there was teachers and there was hierarchy. And, and, that, and now Jesus comes along and he upsets everything. Now there's this guy called the Apostle Paul who was murdering Christians. Now he's preaching the gospel. Peter was a fisherman. We don't have rabbis. We don't have the people that taught like they used to teach. We've got this unlearned fisherman now representing the church. And we got Timothy, this young guy. He's pastoring the largest church then in the Christian church. And it's like, what happened? You were- what are you talking about? This has nothing whatsoever to do with Joshua chapter 1. And so the writer of Hebrews is trying to write to these poor people, trying to figure out that it's not the same anymore. That's dead. Come on now, there's a new thing. Oh, yeah. See, see there's a new thing. we got to get rid of, yeah, traditional church where they preach the Bible and sing hymns and stuff now. You can almost see where this is going, yeah. I love Dr. Phil. I think he's awesome. You know, when he talks to somebody and they keep recreating the same problem over their life because they never change what they're doing. They want a different outcome, but nothing. And he finally, he says, well, and he says to the husband, listen, man, well, you know, 
why don't you change? And he goes, well, this is why I don't change. And well, do you want a better marriage? Well, yeah, I do. And I love Dr. Phil. He has a great, great question. When somebody keeps doing the same thing and nothing changes, how's that working out for you? Sometimes I think that's a great question for us in life. Sometimes we... Yeah, again, this has nothing to do with Joshua chapter 1. Want more, but we're not willing to do the change, to let go of the dead thing. How's that working out for you? Come on, if it's dead, let it go. And What dead thing am I supposed to be letting go of? I'm a little confused. Jesus' name. Here's the second thing about taking new ground. New ground requires new courage. Mm. Amen. No. New ground requires new courage. I love what Casey Treat says. He always asks this question. When was the last... Casey Treat, the heretic, got it. ...you did something for the first time. And sometimes to take new ground, spiritually speaking, it's just good to take to new ground in the natural. Amen? Just new courage. Maybe a new way of doing your hair. And why just go to work the same way every day? Come on, why don't you be open to change? Right, so to prove that you're ready to take new ground, change up your hairstyle, man. That, that'll prove it. Amen? Your wardrobe. Come on. <laughs> Without going in the debt for it, in Jesus' name. So attempting new things keeps boredom out of your life. New ground means you adapt to new challenges. New ground means new skills. I mean, take King David when he wasn't the king. He was a little shepherd boy. And he's there looking after a few sheep. And, you know, a, a wolf came and he got his slingshot and threw the rock at it. Boom! Scared the wolf away. And then the next thing you know, comes a bear. And David gets his, you know, slingshot and bang! And knocks the bear down. And then a lion comes and a lion grabs a lamb. I mean, a new ground, new courage. Starts with a wolf, then you go to a bear, now you're dealing with a lion. And the Bible says that David literally ripped the sheep out of the wolf's mouth. You gotta get up close and personal to you say, why would you bother if the lion the sheep is in the lion's mouth? Why wouldn't you go? Well, I tried, but he got it. Because if that lion got the taste of blood for sheep, he's coming back for more. And David had to deal with that lion, so he didn't bring come back for another one. And he pulled, he rescued the sheep. What does that account of David rescuing the sheep have anything to do with Joshua and the children of Israel's conquest of Canaan? The answer, it doesn't have anything to do with it. This is a non-lucid sermon. Out of the lion's mouth. So no wonder when he stood before Goliath, which would be the ultimate challenge, a man who was nine foot six tall. And nobody would fight him in the whole camp of Israel. Not even King Saul. Nobody would take that. And the Bible says, listen to this, because most of us don't really know the Bible says this. We kind of spiritualize this story that David did it out of righteous indignation. Let me tell you, three times David heard about there being a reward. One of the rewards was you'll get the king's daughter. You'll get, that means, by the way, you will be the next king. You with me? That's a line to the throne. Um, that's not necessarily true. Uh, they, uh, Saul... His oldest son was Jonathan. 
yeah, just because somebody marries you know a daughter doesn't mean that they're the next in line to the throne. The, that's not how monarchy works. Not only that, but you actually get half the kingdom. And not only that, but you'll never pay taxes. That would get me fighting right there. I'm telling you. I'm, I mean, you know, the king's daughter, whatever. I got a great wife. I don't want another one. It's taken me 35 years to get her the way she is. But the truth of the matter is, listen, for him to stand before Goliath, he was motivated by the benefits. Say, what was that about that reward again? Tell me three times he asked about it. But what he did was it took a new courage. But he had enough experience in his past to make him feel like he could do this. Amen. So new ground requires new courage. Here's the third thought. New ground needs sustainability before you can take further ground. New ground needs where you are today, needs to have a sustainable model of what the God has given you before you can take further ground. Watch this, Exodus 23. I love this story because it's such a great picture of what I think God wants us to have with new ground. God says this in Exodus 23, watch this. It says in verse 29, and this is God speaking to Moses and to Joshua, and, and they're going into the promised land for the very first time. And it says, I will not drive them all out, speaking about the enemies and the people living in the promised land. I will not drive them all out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the fields become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased. I'm waiting for you to get big enough, bad enough in a good way. Yeah, um, the you there is plural, talking about the nation of Israel. And it does not have a one-to-one correlation to me as an individual or any other individual human being that God is going to wait for you to get big enough so that you can take territory and land and stuff. Nope. I mean, the narcissism that this kind of preaching breeds is unbelievable. Wrong enough. Competent enough, sufficient enough, able to occupy, I'll give you this. And when you've taken this, when you've increased on the inside, when your thinking has enlarged, when you get familiar. No, this is not about anyone's thinking enlarging. Man, this guy has no conscience at all. With this land, when you learn to have dominion over this, if I gave it all to you in one year, it would be too much land for you. You don't have the means, the strategy, the skills, the strengths, the disciplines. If I gave it to you all at once, the whole thing would be run over with beasts and they would run you down. I'll give it to you. It's all yours. But you've got to learn to take care of the little I've given you. And when you get big enough and strong enough, the next thing's coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hearing me? We got to, God wants to give you the promised land, but it's until you increase, you got to learn to take it of what you. God wants to give you the promised land, but until you increase and promised land means, well, a better financial management, a, a, a more improved marriage, you know, a, a spectacular results at work. But Hebrews 11, we've pointed this out many times. Hebrews 11 makes it very clear that the real promised land is the new earth mm-hmm, the, with the heavenly Jerusalem come down from heaven. 
The promised land promised there is eternal life in the new earth. In fact, the type and shadow in Joshua points to that. What this man is doing is scratching itching ears and basically making God's word void of its real meaning and telling people what they want to hear rather than telling them what they need to hear. That they need to repent. That they need to trust Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. That they need to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Until you become competent and skilled, and frankly, overcompetent and overskilled, but as long as you're sitting with what you have today and you're resenting it and you're, you're just wanting out there, you'll never become competent and skilled to dominate and learn to take care of what God has given you because you're always wishing you were somewhere else. If you- this is nonsense. Whatever this litany is, it has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with any biblical text, especially Joshua 1. Totally knew the key to it is be so good at what you do that promotion is coming in Jesus' name. Look at Proverbs 22. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will stand before kings. They will not serve before fish. Yeah, Proverbs 22, again, has nothing to do with taking ground in Joshua chapter 1. Of low rank. That's the Bible. You just be so good at what you do that God will promote you. The game will come to you in Jesus' name. Psalm 75 verse 6, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. or, or, or. Yeah, um, promotion has nothing to do with taking the promised land. Or from the uh, east, west, or, or south. Notice it doesn't say north because I think the whole idea is God's the one that is the promoter. Look what it says. It doesn't come, but promotion comes. Next verse, if we have it. But God is the judge. He puts one down and he exalts another. You are never at the mercy of somebody trying to decide whether your life will move forwards or not. You are never, you don't have to play the political kiss up game. Let me tell you, you get good at what you do. You look after what God has given you and promotion is coming. God will see to it in Jesus. Now you're making promises for God that he's not making. At all, especially from Joshua chapter one. Here's the last one. Every say more. Because new ground brings more. I've discovered some people don't want more. I, I know sometimes in church life, people actually resent growth. Oh, there were so many kids in the children's ministry today. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Because God wants us to reach more people. How many more campuses are we going to start? As many as I feel God's called us to go. There's all, God is the God of more. He's the God of increase. He expects fruit. Tommy Barnett said something I think was the most powerful thing I've ever heard. He goes, the most needy person in the world is a person who says they have no need. Because it just means you can't just live your life for you. He goes, you're the neediest person I've ever met if you think you have no need. Because if that all you need is this, why don't you believe for a little more and do something with that little more to bless somebody else? In Jesus' name. I want to encourage us to understand that God's the God of more. John chapter 10. The thief comes not to steal and to kill and destroy and only to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that... Yeah, um, yeah, John 10, 10 out of context. And you'll note when you put it back into context, in the fact, if you want to read John 10 in its proper context, you have to start at verse at chapter 9. 
you know, when the disciples are asking the question about the man who was born blind, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And then Jesus heals him, and those false teachers are after this fellow for being healed by Jesus. And then you get into John 10, and Jesus is making a distinction between himself and the false teachers, Uh huh. which the Pharisees are. And that's the point of the text. And then Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, not referring to the devil, but referring to the false teachers, false teachers like Steve Kelly. But that Christ came that we might have life and have it to the full is not some promise that we're going to take promised land and our marriages are going to be spectacular and our jobs are going to be amazing and things like that. So Steve Kelly, by quoting this out of context, is basically, again, scratching itching ears and falsely teaching what God's word says. I'd have it. Okay, that was, that was okay. But that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So it is the will of God for you and I, not just to have life, not just to survive, not just pay the bills, not just get by. Yeah, that's not what Jesus was referring to. Yeah, taking John 10.10 out of context and basically turning it into a prosperity text, which it is not. Just, you know, live an undisturbed, unbothered life. But God wants you and I to have life and to have it more abundantly. Come on, somebody say more. He is El Shaddai, which means more than enough. Ephesians 3 verse 20, now unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. What's he saying? More. Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish and he had 12 baskets left over. More. Jesus turned water into wine and the wine was better than even the master of the banquet served in the first place. There was more wine. It was better wine than the earlier wine. God is a God of more, but the tragedy is Christians don't want more. But God wants more for you. He wants you to take... Oh, wow. What a great God. This is turning God, by the way, the, the one true God into a fertility deity. Ground. Can I tell you something? God wants you to have more, but if you don't have an appetite for it, you ain't getting it. Come on, son. Oh, yeah. See, God wants you to have more, but you got to have an appetite for it. See, the reason why you, you don't have more is because you're not greedy enough yet. Uh-huh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Hey, thank God somebody asked the question when we invented planes, how do we go higher? How do we go faster? Amen? Or we still be flying around in some prop planes, taking forever and a day. Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God the Holy Spirit is now descending on the audience, trying to get them to make decisions of one kind or another. Get anywhere. Thank God somebody asked the question of technology. How do we make this more efficient? How do we make this better? How can we improve on it? Cars are going quicker and faster than they ever have before. This has nothing to do with Joshua chapter 1. I want to tell you, more requires creativity. More is a refusal to settle. More means you're willing to move out of the old and make room for the new thing. Somebody give God praise for his word. Come on, shout more. Yeah, the end.
don't want any more of that. So you see how it works. I mean, basically, God is a prosperity deity. He's um, he's a fertility god, designed to uh, you know basically he's there to make sure that you can have more, more but you got to have an appetite for it. It's all up to you. You know, can't expect him to you know do your part for you. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. So you've got to be willing to do your part. Apparently, but again, this has nothing to do at all whatsoever with the conquest of Canaan. The promised land, which is, again, the promised land is a type and shadow in Joshua of eternal life. And Joshua just happens to be the same name as Jesus' name in Hebrew. Jesus, his name is Yeshua. Yahweh saves. So, yeah, didn't hear the gospel, didn't hear repentance and the forgiveness of sins, didn't hear anything about real Christian sanctification. In fact, what this sermon really did was baptize the sin of the flesh known as greed. Best way I can put it. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith. You can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.